Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense. Common knowledge. Or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do. But only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast. I have a great guest today, uh, Dr. Pamela A. Popper. She's the president of uh, Wellness Forum Health. Uh, She's been doing a whole bunch of videos that I told her offline that have been uh, keeping me going in regards to the coronavirus. Um, She's spent a lot of time and energy studying what's going on and reporting on it, I think, in a very interesting way that you'll find. Um, She's been doing health and wellness for, you know, dozens of years. We'll get into her specific bio shortly, but I'm really glad to have her. So, Pam, thanks for coming. How are you doing? I'm great. And thank you for having me. It's a it's a little moments of sanity like this where like-minded people get together, right? Yeah. Well, tell me what tell me a bit about your background and then I want to ask you how did the, you know, the coronavirus come on your radar and then how did things proceed from there? Yeah. So my background is how we got to the how the coronavirus actually came on my radar screen. So um, my company, Wellness Farm Health, has been in business for 25 years. And um, what we do is informed medical decision-making. And that means looking at the benefits and risks of any decision that you're getting to beginning or considering making about health, which could be the diet you eat, the supplements you take, the tests you get, the surgeries you have, the drugs you are prescribed, and um, determining if whatever it is you're looking at is a good or a bad idea based on evidence. So we've always encouraged people to buy healthcare and health-related things the way that you buy everything else, cars and houses and retirement accounts and et cetera. And so um, how this all came about and caused such a stir is that um, when this coronavirus thing started, um, I got emails from a couple members that said, gosh, this just doesn't look right. You know, so are you going to look into it? And I said, of course, I'm going to look into it. I always talk about anything new, like a new device, a new drug, a new treatment, you know, something else going on. I've always done reporting on that. And then we add this to our, we have huge libraries, like 3,500 hours of programming and a couple thousand articles, that sort of thing. So I started doing some research and I posted a video on March 10th, I think it was early March. And I basically said that, you know, there's no evidence that this is a pandemic and, um, you know, that the CDC and the World Health Organization had done this fake pandemic thing before. And um, there were all kinds of factors that were kind of intriguing to me about this coming out of China. And I, I don't know, it was about a 10 minute video and I just sort of an overview. And oh my gosh, I got emails from people that were, um, a lot of people, our people were saying, yeah, it didn't seem right to me. And then a lot of other people were apoplectic, you know, what, you're ridiculous and you can't know more than the CDC, blah, blah, blah. So that's how this all started. And then Mm. anytime somebody's apoplectic about something I say, then I figure there must really be something I should take a look at. So so that did nothing but make me want to look more. And then the next thing you know, I think I've put up, I don't know, 60 videos and uh, about a dozen uh, newsletters. And, you know, and I'm writing a book about it, which will be out at the end of August, sometime around oh, nice. August, okay. beginning of September. Right before they start, uh, you know, trying to say there'll be a third wave or some other new BS thing that'll, you know, keep this thing going. Oh, for the, till the end of our days. They have no intention of voluntarily letting us out at all. No intention. Um, yeah. Ever. 
I'm telling you, the, the, if you the, the agenda behind this is such that we're never getting out unless we make arrangements to get out on our own. Yeah, what, so that's what I want to ask you is, um, how has your perception of the coronavirus evolved this whole situation? What do you think it was in the beginning? And do you think that uh, like world leaders saw an opportunity to kind of jump on it and use it for their own ends? Or like, what's, what's your yeah. thought process? Well, I think that this was planned. I have pretty good evidence that it's planned, it was planned. Um, I think that um, the world leaders could be counted on uh, to do this in response. Um, Trump was an outlier uh, in this situation, but, but world leaders in general uh, could be counted to do what Italy did and a lot of other countries did in lockdown. Um, and then the, the state, th there were four things that had to happen for this to happen, by the way, I'll just back up and say, you had to have governments that had become increasingly intrusive and people who were used to that and not going to be too terribly upset when the government told them to do something totally ridiculous. You had to have enough stupid people that couldn't look at data and understand it enough. I mean, you know, I, I know I have high school kids who are kids of members of ours who can look at this and tell you something's wrong with it. Uh, but you have to have oh. enough stupid people to buy the story you're selling. You have to have a medical profession that will go along with anything. And the medical profession in the U.S. certainly will. I mean, that's why we have an opiate epidemic. The pretty girls who used to be cheerleaders in high school went to work for Purdue Pharma and told doctors there was an, un, there was an epidemic of untreated pain in the United States and oxy wasn't addictive. And the doctor said, okay, and they started writing script, you know, so you have to have an obedient and, and sheep-like medical profession. You have to have a media that is completely uninterested in doing anything but reporting what's fed to it by certain interests. And just to give you an idea what that looks like, Big Pharma spent about $51 billion last year advertising with five media companies. So what do you think they're going to talk about, right? So you had to have that perfect storm of these four things coming together. And um, they didn't count on a few things. They didn't count on countries like Sweden and Japan not going along with it. Um, and that created some problems for them. They never counted well, on just, some of uh, what's happening now. Yeah, that's just been ignored. You know, like what amazes me is, is the things that have been ignored, like the WHO, you know, said everything's fine. Don't worry. Then they said, oh, it's, you know, it's a problem. Then, you know, somewhat recently they said, oh, asymptomatic carriers don't really spread it. So that was ignored. It's like, you know, but at the same time, YouTube at one point said, we're going to take down any video that doesn't adhere to their narrative. So it's just, it's just weird. It's like, uh, believe, don't believe. Uh, we'll listen to this one. We won't listen to this one. It's just, I don't know, it made up as you go along. Well, that's how you destabilize a population. And that's what this is really all about. Um, the, the things that you do, if you want to, if you want to completely take control of people, um, you make arbitrary rules, you change them often. You make sure that people are separated and they can't assemble you turn them on each other, you get them to snitch on each other, you turn the people against one another, and uh, then you pretty much can take over a population of people. The communists are very good at it. Um, Hitler did it really well. Um, Stalin did it really well. Fidel Castro did it. So what we're watching is how you can take over the world using the same strategies that despots have used to take over specific populations for years. Yeah. So do you think that uh, Sweden and Japan and other countries are really going to even, I mean, it, it, like, like I watched the data over days, weeks, and months, and again, things that I thought would matter just don't matter. I mean, would, so what's your thought from here on how things have progressed? What are some scenarios? 
Well, I think that the, the, the here's what they didn't count on. Um, they never counted on the fact that some countries would just opt out of the insanity. Um, that was a miscalculation. They figured everybody would go along. They think I think they overestimated the influence of the World Health Organization on some people. Um, the second thing that they didn't count on was that, um, uh, and I know this is a touchy subject, but I think we can't ignore it, is that whether you like Trump or you don't like Trump, and I know it's about a 50-50 thing, um, one of the things that he refused to do that would have made this a lot worse in the United States and really made everybody into a slave fast is to nationalize the lockdown. Fauci wanted him to do it. He refused mm. to do it. Um, he's just, he just won't go along. He's a big believer in less federal government, more local government. And I think he wanted to have the choices made closer to the people so pressure could be put on the local government. Well, as it turned out, the local government, like here in Ohio, this guy who's, the, we call him the emperor of Ohio. He's not a governor anymore. He's the emperor. And we have emperors and empresses running most of our states now. Um, but, um, but even so, it's easier to get rid of him than it is to change something in the federal government. So they didn't count on that. Another thing that's going on right now that they didn't count on is you have to have lots of stupid people, generations of them to go along with this kind of thing. Well, public education is required for that. And 40% of people are not sending their children back to school. And uh, the, the, in other words, they don't want to do this school at home two days and go to school in this just, you know, dystopian, you know, everybody wearing helmets six feet apart. They're, they're just going to homeschool. Well, if you've got 40% of the people dropping out of school, 40% of parents pulling their kids out, you lose that influence. And here's another thing. The vaccine mandates don't mean anything if they are you, if the requirement to go to school is vaccines and no and you've got almost half the population not sending their kids to school now you lose control of the vaccination business and they already are screaming about that articles are appearing in newspapers about the vaccination rate was only 88% before this and it's down to 74% well you wait by by this time next year it's going to be down to 50% in yeah, a friend of mine, a friend of mine, she has young kids. Um, you know, they told her for going back to school this fall that it's like it, it sounds like a maximum security prison. You know, they got to mm -hmm. sit apart. They can't talk to each other. They have to have a mask on. I mean, they have to be alone, eat alone. I mean, it's like, you know, how could you send a kid into that environment? It's just ridiculous. Oh. It's ridiculous. These kids are going to need psychological counseling till the end of their days. They're being taught to be afraid of people. They're being taught to be afraid of the environment. They're with this incessant washing of hands. You're being taught how, what, why would you want an eight-year-old to think that, oh my gosh, a disease could come out of the sky and kill me and my family. You know, so parents are smart to keep their kids out of school. That's one of the reasons why the first thing we built on our health freedom uh, uh, website was an elaborate and extensive homeschooling resource center. Um, we even have an army of people who are willing to do one-on-one -on -one work with people to find the right resources for them because we think that that's, I mean, that's, that's a right now thing. You got to make this decision in the next few weeks. So um, so anyway, yeah, I, I wouldn't send a child to, to that environment. I think it'd be very unhealthy. How, how have you, um, have you been censored by YouTube? I mean, I don't want to, you know, knock wood here for you, but no. a lot of people have. How have you avoided uh, issues and problems. I stay away from a lot of things that I know that I don't talk about. I've had one video taken down and um, th that's the only one and I put it on BitChute. But um, but no, I, I, I haven't been. But the, a lot of what I talk about, I mean, I talk about things that I'm sure are disturbing to the powers that be, but I don't talk about a lot of the things that I know that I'm putting in my book that I know would make it make my site get taken down pretty quick or my videos be taken down. Oh, that's good. Yeah, because I, I've seen plenty of videos before they were taken down, but 
you know, pretty innocuous stuff. Doctors reporting stats on what mm-hmm. they're seeing in their clinics, and that's not that goes against the narrative. So it has to be taken down. So right, and I'm it comes from a real credible stuff. source. It kind of, that, the the problem they have with these renegade doctors is if you have, if you're a medical doctor and you're making some of these statements, that's a that's a real credible source. And what they want to do, um, I don't know if you saw what's happening that poor Scott Jensen in um, um, uh, in Minnesota, but he's um, he's the guy who went on national television and talked about the the forging of the death certificates. He found it very disturbing. And so really? the How many medical board is uh, going after him now. So the, the key is you take down these um, you take down these doctors and you discipline them and, and you send a, straight, a really good message to all the other doctors. You better not step out of line or we'll be coming after you too what's um how much um uh, you said the death certificates were forged i mean to what scale like what how much of an overestimation of deaths do you believe there may be you know, well the problem is the, well the problem is the tests are inaccurate i i wrote a three-page article on this pcr testing it was the pcr test was never designed to diagnose anything it's a lab tool and the guy who won the Nobel Prize for developing it said it should never be used for diagnostics. And what's happening now, um, first of all, people getting tested multiple times um, are getting multiple answers back. That's one thing. Um, there was actually an article posted on Medscape that said, trust your intuition. Like if the tests come back negative, but you're pretty sure the person has it, then you should just call it a case. Um, so that's a problem. Um, the Another thing, we're hearing this from a lot of people and we're in the process of validating it, but it's come from so many different people um, that it's hard to discount. And that is people who scheduled themselves to go get a test. The lines were long and you're not allowed to use the public restrooms. So they had to leave, right? And then they get in the mail a notice that the the test was positive or negative. um, Really? later so they never even had the test and then so so we don't know who has it and who doesn't and and, oh and the the cdc changed the definition there are like 15 or 17 different ways you can be considered a case and one of them is to be in contact with somebody who is in contact with somebody who tested positive think about that all right so so is that really a case like if i if you and i were in the same room keeping our social distance and last week you were in the room with somebody who had covid can i be counted as a case well yeah so that's one problem. The next problem is that if you died, Deborah Burks actually said this during one of the White House press conferences, if you died of something else, but you had COVID or you tested positive, you would be put down as a COVID death. And that's what Richard, uh, that's what Dr. Jensen was talking about was, um, and, you know, if somebody gets hit by a bus and they die of the accident, wounds from the, or uh, damage from the accident, you put them down as a COVID death. So um, what's happening now is state by state, uh, people are legislators in particular are starting to say you've got to stop playing that game and the numbers are getting a- adjusted significantly. So in Washington state, they actually announced with a straight face that they had a phased in program for telling the truth about deaths. You can't just tell, yeah, you tell me about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah got to phase it in. If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. Well, the, I, what I thought was funny is the Emperor Inslee, when this one group um, had gotten some data indicating that the death rates are inflated, he said, that's nothing but a conspiracy theory from the planet of Pluto. That's what he said. <laughs> so, But as it turned out, it wasn't a conspiracy th- the, uh, theory from the planet of Pluto. They were really doing it. They categorized gunshot wounds and all gunshot deaths and all kinds of things as COVID deaths. So they're phasing in the truth telling. That's what he announced. He didn't say anything you, about Pluto during that press conference. What do you think is going to happen to the dynamics of, you know, for instance, the, the U.S. 
certain states were opening, certain states weren't, you know, being locked down forever. Like, what, what do you think is going to happen? Economically? I, think, I think that what's going to happen is we're going to have a civil war soon. Um, you get enough people who are hungry and desperate and broke and homeless. So they just announced uh, on Sunday that the utility companies are going to start sending out uh, disconnection notices. You got this honeymoon period where you cannot pay your electric bill and still have lights. Um, landlords were able to start evicting people in the month of uh, July, I believe it is here. So you have all these people, I mean, the restaurant business alone lost 300 and some thousand jobs. And uh, so we're going to have we're going to have looting and um, it's going to be very unsafe. It's already started to be unsafe in some areas. And we may actually end up having a civil war over it if these people don't get a little smarter and uh, and and take care of things differently. Massive numbers of lawsuits, by the way, that's the, we're building that resource center for lawsuits because we want people to be able to file more of them. Um, I think I'm 63 years old and planning to live for 40 more years. And I really firmly believe that lawsuits will still be pending in court when I leave the planet because there are so many. Um, so it's yeah, going to be you, terrible. Do you, think, do you think there will be any recourse against governors that uh, literally have just murdered tens of thousands of people's because of their behavior. And I speak from direct experience because my mom was in, uh, you know, in the hospital and then moved to a facility. And then of course, COVID patients were allowed to be there and surprise, surprise. And they say she got it and she passed away. So I, I blame the governor of New York for, for killing her. So that's why I say mass murder. And I think I have a right to read a reason to say it. So I wanted to see what you thought there'll be any recourse yeah. against these people. Yeah. I I'm going to devote my life and I know in a lot of other people who feel the same way to making sure that these people are tried for crimes against humanity. Um, I think that um, I've been talking to some lawyers, a lot of lawyers, um, it, it, and lawyers are starting to come forward right now. I mean, in the beginning, people were just desperate for lawyers to file lawsuits and they were not really willing to do it. Now I'm getting calls from lawyers all over the country who are saying, I don't want to sit by and watch this happen. So tell me what to do. Help me learn what to do. But um, I, I think that what I'm seeing is that um, under normal circumstances, government officials have pretty much immunity no matter what they do. So you have to do something pretty egregious in order to um, lose your normal immunity. And I think that they have. And the reason I think that they have is that it, at least here in Ohio, the emperor of Ohio has been notified on numerous occasions of the death and destruction uh, that's going on. I mean, he, I, I know for a fact he was notified about one episode, for example, where a little girl was dying in children's hospital and was unable to have both parents in the room. Um, I think that's hard to defend. You know, I really do think that's hard to defend. you almost have to have a cruel streak to do something like that. Um, he knows he's been notified on numerous occasions that um, uh, that the, what was going on in the nursing homes here with people just withering away and losing their will to live from lack of human contact. And um, and so I think I think that and some other decisions he made, his choice of a health director, and I'm just, I just I don't want to get into the details of this, but I think when the true story comes out about the director of health during this period of time, his judgment in giving her hiring her in the first place and giving her the level of authority she had will be called into question um, in a major sort of way. Like if I hire, a, I'm not saying she's a psychopath, but if I hired a psychopath at Wellness Forum and put that person in charge of my staff and that person did terrible things, I'm ultimately responsible for whatever damage was done, right? Because I own the place, right? So, so 
What's yeah, I, think, I think these people will be held criminally responsible. I'm going to work really hard to make sure that that happens. Do you think it's going to be a, a public sentiment that slowly gains strength that is the turning point for this like in a positive way? Or like, again, what do you, I know I'm asking you to predict the future, but what do you think it will take to really fix things, put them back to reality that, somewhat? I think that what needs to happen is that this hoax needs to be exposed in a major sort of way. And it's going to be like what happened in Germany, uh, where um, I, I, one, one episode that was really poignant was when the Allied soldiers made some people that lived in a town close to the concentration camp, the death camp, uh, they, they made them walk through the death camp to see the piles of bodies and everything else, because you could not have not smelled the burning flesh when you were living in this place. And, um, and so I, I think that, um, you know, there are a lot of folks who put their head in the sand or, or willfully ignorant uh, that eventually will wake up when they will have no choice but to see the death and destruction that has been wrought from this and how wrong they were to be co-conspirators in it. So what do you think the, uh, the coronavirus actually is? Do you think it's completely fabricated or do you think it's just a, uh, you know, a virus that's no worse than the flu? Or like, what do you think the reality is? Um, I think that there probably is a virus. I don't know that it's a whole lot different than the flu. It actually appears to be less virulent. So it's it's just a it's it's like if next year it would be ridiculous, but if next year a bunch of people got together and said we have an epidemic of the common cold, we're shutting the world down, people would kind of laugh at that. But that's really what's been done. So I don't think it's anything to worry about. I think now when I say that, I'm going to give you the caveat: older people with comorbidities, in particular, are vulnerable to anything happening. It doesn't if it, and look at it this way: if you're 90 years old in January of 2020, and you're taking multiple drugs and you're confined to bed, the likelihood that you're going to live another year is probably not great. So the question is, what's gonna end your life? Well, you might die naturally in your sleep in September or, Janu or next January, or you might get the flu in March and because you have no resistance and your health is so poor, it finishes you off in March. And I don't wanna sound callous about it because I'm sure that the family members of a 90 year old person are very upset when that person dies. I mean, I've been upset about all the older people in my family that I've lost. But, but um, so, so that, if, if the, that population is always gonna be vulnerable, but people like me who are, I'm 63 and healthy and I take no drugs, there's nothing wrong with me. There's no, there's virtually no risk that a flu virus is going to hurt people like me. And that's the vast majority of the population. Fortunately, the nursing home population isn't the majority. It's a small minority and we should be very mindful of that. But we've never tried to keep these people from getting the flu by depriving them of human contact before. So that's a level of cruelty imposed on these people that's almost incomprehensible. Yeah, true. So what what resources have you developed? Um, you know, I want people to watch your videos. I want them to see what you're doing. What What are your recommendations for them to follow you and find out more? Well, what I've what I've done, um, I have a newsletter that comes out every Monday, and it's free. Um, you just contact me. My email address is pampopper at msn.com. I have um, a YouTube channel that I'm making four videos a week, Tuesday through Friday. 
Um, and I post those uh, Tuesday through Friday. And I, I was going to go back to two videos a week, which I've been doing for, I don't know, 10 years or something. And then people started writing me saying, my sanity is being looking forward to those videos. So I promise I'll keep the four going on. Uh, so that's free. Um, we've created a massive data gathering site called Make Americans Free Again, uh, where you can go and register. And what we want to do is, is gather enormous tens of millions of voters as a block, essentially to deal with what we know, one of the things that's coming next, which is mandatory vaccination. And we can overcome that if we have enough people. And that's the, it really is going to take aggregating a huge number of people to make this work. And then we've got that homeschool resource center on the Make Americans Free Again website uh, for people who need assistance with that. And the lawsuit resource center, we're in the process of building. We're gathering lawsuits now. Yeah, I want to ask you one thing. I've thought about this since the beginning. Why is there not a government or multiple governments you know, local, federal, international, why, why haven't a whole bunch of governments gotten together and say, we think this is a real problem. We're going to put, you know, a pot of 500 billion in. We're going to make sure these, you know, 300 companies are working on it. We're going to update the world weekly on our progress. We're going to work together and come together to beat this thing if it needs to be beaten. I haven't seen that from anywhere. I haven't seen that oh, from no, anyone. I haven't seen any cooperation. Oh, that's going on. They're all cooperating to come out with a vaccine that's going to be unproven and unsafe. I mean, there's never been a flu vaccine that's worked. It's the lowest. I mean, it has the lowest penetration because it's the most dangerous vaccine, generally speaking, that we give in the whole schedule. And, well, well, the, um, thing, the and, thing I wanted to ask was um, the reason why I say this is they, they always say we don't know. We don't know. Like, why haven't experiments been done on masks to see if they're good or not? Why haven't experiments been done on social distancing? Because, because they're not you know, interested in this. The, the whole thing right, is about coming right. up with a vaccine. They don't care about masks. The ma masks is just a way to control the people. Distancing, a way to control the people. Can't go to church, a way to control the people. So that, and the original idea was everybody locked down until a vaccine came out and then everybody would be so grateful um, to, to be able to go outside. They'd agree to the vaccine. You know, Mr. Gates says, because he's the, um, most powerful doctor in the world now, uh, Mr. Gates says we need 7 billion doses of vaccine before we can go back to living normally again. And apparently he gets to make the decision. That should make everybody really comfortable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's why I wanted to ask you just as a reality check, because if this was a real problem, I would think that nations of the world would come together to fix it. But, and, you know, too, we can look at the United States and say, okay, well, Maybe there's a unified front here, but the unified front is worldwide, and that makes it very, very, very scary. All the world, all the world's a jail, is what it feels like. Right. It's past. That's exactly months. right. In in, in uh, Europe, in World War II, you could escape and go somewhere. There's no place to go right now. Um, Sweden, but they can't take all of us. Yeah, I don't even know if they'll. We have to fix it. We can't leave. We're going to have to fix it. Well, very good, Pam. Thank you very much for what you do. You are a voice of sanity. I appreciate it. Um, again, can you just repeat your email and uh, where people can go to find out more information, please? Sure. Pam Popper at MSN.com. Check out our website at MakeAmericansFreeAgain.com. Company website is WellnessForumHealth.com. We're financing this ourselves. So if you like uh, what we're doing, buy stuff from us and then we won't have to ask you for donations. Okay. <laughs> Very good, Pam. Thanks for coming. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Bye-bye. If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes.
You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.